Hi, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Grace. Welcome to Triumph, the podcast, where we chat about all things swim, bike, run, in the lead up to our first Ironman. Whether you're a triathlon newbie, old-timer, or you simply enjoy listening to the trials and tribulations of two aspiring Ironwomen, we bring you all the oomph you never knew you needed. Alors, c'est Chris Loveless. Et voilà. I've got to do it for you now. Alors, Charlotte. You are I think I nailed that one. I'd go wild. Yeah, it was good. That was good. Hi, everybody. Hi. Because I know when we started this podcast, we were a little bit self-deprecating. Like, no one will really listen. But we have quite a few. Twelve listeners. <laughs> yes. Six of them aren't in Grace's family. <laughs> We've got quite a few listeners that were so invested in our progress. And massive thanks. And as Charlotte said on Instagram, bit of a plot spoiler from me there, but we have only gone and blimmin done it yes i'm glad you didn't say smashed it because i think it smashed me i hope everyone is buckled up for a just under 16 hour podcast while we relive (laughs) we should go through every single (laughs) minute every moment of our iron man how are we going to do this i think we should cut to the business end straight away grace congratulations you beat me and genuinely could not be more proud and more full of absolute admiration for you and you did it in the only way you know how which was just by pacing yourself (laughs) (laughs) i think you've been telling me to do for about (laughs) two years and have i listened not a lot did i do it (laughs) no set off on the marathon at about a six and a half minute sprint pace (laughs) Found myself hallucinating in the third lap. We'll come back to that later, but That's congratulations, that. my dear, dear friend. You you did so, so well. I'm so, so proud of you. And I know oh, no one will believe me, but I'm genuinely, genuinely pleased for you. Mainly because if you hadn't beaten me, that would mean that you felt worse than me. And I wouldn't want anyone ever to feel worse than I did. <laughs> well, that is a reason, I think, to keep people listening to the end of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> find out just how dreadful you felt thank you so much and I think like I said in that tricky episode that we recorded where we discussed our feelings around competition and each other's Mm -hmm. success I did say it wasn't a driver to come in in front of you at all it would never detract from the achievement but if I did I'd be so flipping impressed with myself because I hold you in such high regard and that's how I feel about it. I'm like, oh, that's very kind oh of my you. God. And I'd just like to say, if anyone didn't know the results and mm. logged on to the professional photograph <laughs> website <laughs> and had to put a bet on which of us had come in first based on our pictures hands down they would pick you you look like the consummate athlete i look like an absolute loony i'm generally eating you know in oceans 11 where yes. Brad is eating <laughs> yeah, everything. <constantly> eating. <laughs> oh, does that make me george clooney 
happy yeah, with that. Oh, I think we are. Yeah, I think that's probably the right way yeah. around. Also, there's one where I look like I'm doing the hokey cokey. <laughs> that's my favourite. <laughs> I come across the line and I thought, welcome to the gun show. As we said, mm. I was going to Popeye up on the start. <laughs> bing, bing. <laughs> and, but, and I thought, this is it. I'm going to look, I'm going to look back at this and think, you looked the business. Smoking. I look so stupid. <laughs> so I looked so I looked kind of bandy. I'm sort of flying across the line, like as if I'm going to land on the photographer. I couldn't be prouder of us. I think we're, oh. I think we're amazing. Oh, and on that, cheers. Oh, what's the water? Oh, me go. Oh, anyway, cheers. How can mm. I clink? That's about there it. I have to say, huge credit to Iron Man. I mean, I know this wasn't their yeah. first rodeo. <laughs> They're on to something here. Yeah, they've got, they've, I mean, you described it when we were going to registration, I think, as being organised chaos. But I think the chaos was all us and the <laughs> organisation was all them. Because actually, I can't fault them. I think it was absolutely superbly done, especially when you're dealing with people who have parked their brains somewhere else. I left work on Thursday and left my laptop charger in court. Never done that before. I left all sorts of things in places I shouldn't have done. <laughs> I just didn't. I had to keep checking that I'd like lock the front door and stuff because I just didn't trust myself that my brain was functioning properly. That was just in the lead up. So that's what Iron Man are dealing with because all, all athletes must be a bit like that. And it couldn't have been better. Like every time yeah. I was kind of looking around a little bit lost, someone was there going, Madame, qu'est-ce que tu cherches? Ah, oh, uh, je veux <laughs> And then practicing my best A level French, actually. I had to give huge, huge credit to them. If anyone's thinking about doing an Ironman and they're like, oh, I don't know about doing such a big competition, you can put yourself in the hands of, of the Ironman organization. It's excellent, oh, yeah. I would say. And it is a significant outlay. It is a, it is a cost. And there'll be lots of people Ooh. out there who'd say, well, I'd love to do it, but I just don't have that money lying around. And I totally understand that. If you do decide to do it though I think you get your money's worth yeah I agree yeah absolutely and I mean the French I mean part of it is just French organization I think which was superb cheers to that so I'm just going to cheers everything that you think yeah. is good and, and get progressively more drunk and you carry okay on. so one of the things I remember reading in the in the race pack I mean they do really cover everything and I do recommend to everybody that as soon as that race pack comes out do read it don't leave it to the last minute and read it on the train on the way there also, don't spend, I don't know, 15 minutes on that train journey colouring in and adapting the picture on the front. <laughs> the funny thing about that was that my train carriage, I was in a little kind of couchette thing, but without beds, you know, like a kind of six-seater thing on the French, on the SNCF train. And I think everyone else in my carriage was also doing the Ironman. And so they were all, all got their Ironman bags and their tats. They were all men. And I was sat there in the corner colouring in my... <laughs> <laughs> in my rice pack. anyway one of the things it said and I also I you didn't see the rest of it I put comments on lots of it because it was just cheering me up and there was one thing where it kept saying if you lose your race chip you can get it back over here and your race chip for anyone who's never done any kind of event like this is a little chip not a not a freak <laughs> yeah there's your joke sorry i needed to let you get that in it's a little chip that you attach around your ankle and as you go over certain markers 
it registers you and so they can monitor you throughout the course, which is great for anybody watching and tracking you, but it also means that they can officially say that you've done the whole distance. Also safety, you'll know where Yeah, because I think if they see that you've stopped for quite a while, they'll probably send someone out to try and find you. Anyway, in the race pack, it says, if you lose your race chip, you know, you can go and get a new one here. And I remember reading it, just thinking, what kind of idiot loses their chip? (laughs) I think we all know what's coming, don't we? On the morning of when we get there, is it fair to say it was pitch black? It was was dark. Dark. When we we arrived. Pitch black. And you go back and you're reacquainted with your bike that you left the night before and you're packing up your bike, says it's ready to go. So you're putting your water bottles on and stuff and you're, you're... putting on your wetsuit and when do you put your wetsuit on is a big decision because you want to go to the toilet anyway so I put my wetsuit on but I couldn't get it on over my chip so I took my chip off to put my wetsuit on and then that was the end of that chip <laughs> till I had, I had even said to you which must have been after you lost it mm-hmm. I even looked at the tent for lost timing chips yeah and I said yeah. to you then I mean if you lose swimming <laughs> chip between getting it yesterday evening and arriving here at five o'clock this morning give it up to go home and yeah you what up, an idiot you went <laughs> yeah we just met this lovely woman who was giving us all kinds of tips about the bike course we're chatting away to her valerie remember her yeah and, <laughs> and it was just we're in the queue to go to swim and i realized i hadn't got my chip so i just went oh, i've got to go and just ran off just left you Let's go back a bit. So one thing I wanted to address quite early on is that, Grace, I think you owe the 70.3ers a big apology because if they listened to the podcast, some of them might not have turned up on Saturday for their (laughs) 70.3 race because you were convinced that the 70.3 was going after us on the Sunday. I know. I listened to that Do you want to apologise to everyone? I'm so sorry to the 70.3ers. I listened to it and the confidence with which I said it as well. <laughs> I was like, yeah, nope, that's what it says. But it, in fairness to me, if you read the schedule randomly on the Sunday at 3pm, it says 70.3 race start. So I've got no idea why it says that. It had another impact on last week's episode. We couldn't do a recce of the bike course on the Saturday because it was indeed closed off for the 70.3. I'm quite glad we didn't though. I think if I'd known how long mm. it was... <laughs> Yeah, me too. Absolutely. But I just wanted people to know. Also, when would we have had time? Because we spent two days going backwards and forwards across a bridge, <laughs> showing people QR codes, picking things yes. up, putting them in bags, mm-hmm. taking them out of bags, putting them in other bags, taking mm-hmm. them out of those bags, putting them in other bags, <laughs> checking that we both got things in the same bags. And then... Yeah, we had, we had like a chain gang of like you saying to Nobby, I'm putting this sticker on this bag here. Is that right? And him saying yes. And then me saying, Grace, I'm putting this sticker on this bag here. Is that right? And you saying yes. And there was also the all day Iron Man pasta buffet, which we needed to stay on top of. So there was just quite a lot to do. And Nobby was, I mean, he was fully on board with that, wasn't he? I mean... He did very well at the buffet. <laughs> he should He's be exceptional, an given what he ate. So I just wanted to quickly cover off the night before because I like to put what I'm going to call my success mm-hmm. down to what can we call it? The pedantry. That's, oh, that's brilliant! Yes, <laughs> absolute pedantry and slavery to planning scheduling preparing 
researching, reading, and the antithesis of me. <laughs> but the one thing that let me down, or attempted to let me down, was this weird kind of self sabotage that I think went on in my. Oh brain. yeah, you I'm do going have a bit that. Serious here, because yeah. I had real trouble sleeping. I'd tried to wear myself out so I could go to bed early. We'd eaten quite early, so my food should have been digested. I managed to avoid the highly caffeinated Coke that I was about to consume at seven o'clock at night, thanks to Charlotte saying, really? <laughs> and we go. But then she ordered herself an Aperol Spritz. <laughs> <laughs> Sprite got an Aperol spritz. So Mike and Emma Kelly were very helpfully just just drinking uh, your wounded soldiers, mixing up all of my yeah, kind of mind sweeping all of my rejects uh, at this restaurant. So I had done everything I could to ensure enough time for a decent sleep, and I absolutely couldn't, and I was a mess. And I do feel it was my brain self sabotaging and kind of going, "Look, everything's aligning to tell you as long as you stick to your plan." you'll get this done. And I think mm. there is something in one's brain or in my brain that then went, okay, so the only thing that really might stop you doing it is if you don't get enough sleep, because then you'd be really <laughs> tired. And that's just what went round and round. And I, and the more I convinced myself that, you know, the later it got, the more I was like, I can't do an Ironman on this, this, this little sleep. I can't do an Ironman. Oh my. And then I couldn't, oh, it was awful. And I eventually, thankfully, Nobby, having been nice to me for about, four hours eventually went okay I'm not really sure what else I can do for you so you're either going to do it or you're not and I kind of went okay I went to sleep <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. so that was the night before so at 5 a.m we got into this taxi together oh let's be fair it was 504 for me <laughs> I didn't want to say but <laughs> <laughs> the very efficient and officious taxi driver was yes wandering around flapping a bit of paper I was still trying to put my tattoos on it was that moment that I was particularly grateful for you being there and I just thought I am so glad we're doing this together because going to the start I do get nervous and the <laughs> you already had your earplugs in didn't you yeah I couldn't hear a word you were saying but I was ever so glad <laughs> you were there <laughs> I just didn't know what else to do with them I thought I'd lose them if I put them anywhere else no, but I was truly, truly glad because I thought, especially in a strange country, doing something so monumental, mm. I'd have, I really benefited from our friendship and our also our experience of doing events together and turning up at start lines. And it, it did bring some of those rowing days back, you know, where you just, we're both getting into the zone, but we also are in each other's presence. It was. Yeah. And I got to the point, I, I forget that this happens to me in just before a big event. I lose the ability to make any decisions about anything. Yeah. So there's stuff like, should, should I go to the toilet now? And you were saying, or do you need to go? I don't know. But do you think I should go now? Or do you think I should wait? I, I don't know. Should I put my wetsuit on now? Or should I put my wetsuit on later? And what will I do with my hat and my goggles? Where will I put them? And you were on top of, all of a sudden you were like this, totally like I don't know whether you'd prepped all this as well, but you knew yeah. where to put stuff, where to go, what to do. And I was like, and then they started sort of progressing to the start line. And I was thinking, well, I don't need to worry for another half an hour because I'm not going to be going for ages. And you were like, well, no, let's go through to the starting area. I was like, why would we do that? That means we'll have to start. <laughs> <laughs> and you just became like super organized. Like, I know what we're doing. Just follow me. I've got this. Which is actually, I think, if it's fair to say, somewhat rare in our friendship because I tend to be the one kind of going, I've got this. Follow me. 
I do think that was one of my strengths and I think that I quite like to offer a service so <laughs> I'd like <laughs> I'd like to offer coaching on for people doing an Ironman especially mm-hmm. for the first time no I can't mm-hmm. help you actually swim better faster no. I can't help you cycle better or faster and I can't help you run better or faster but I can give you like logistical and strategic coaching yeah <laughs> tell you everything you need to know I really felt on top of that oh also correction didn't go for wonder woman hair with the invisi bands oh people will be so disappointed started to do it on the the night before i put one invisi band in i pulled it out and went to nobby not doing that and so i just went for a french plait which i then did for you as well so we were you did it was very nice thank you for that yeah they were pretty so we've gone into the swim start also just for people the atmosphere was like we'd been in an all-night rave in Ibiza (laughs) (laughs) and found ourselves zombies you're on the beach afterwards yeah like you're still buzzing because you've probably got some Red Bull in your system but you are also quite tired (laughs) and they're playing like proper rave music as well like techno trance and there's a man doing all the announcements like over the top you will be an iron man have a great day and people like every so often just cheering and it is a wetsuit authorized swim (laughs) right the swim I think maybe you should go first because in sequence you did go first. So you go first and then I'll do all my rubbish. Yeah. Okay. So you have to choose which marker you stand behind. So which marker did you stand behind, Grace? Yeah. So there were these people holding up signs and then they sort of, you walk with them. (gasps) I hadn't noticed that there were people holding the signs. So I was really confused by the fact that they started moving. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You said to me, there's no sign for me. There's no sign for me. Maybe they just don't worry about my category. They just don't worry about it. Then she realised these signs were temporary as these people held them and then walked with you. You processed forward like you were in some weird protest. Yeah. <laughs> what do we want? What do we want? Under 125. <laughs> when do we want it? <laughs> so I went under one hour 29. My prediction mm-hmm. was to be under one hour 21 on a good day, but I'd never done an Ironman before. So mm-hmm. I really thought it was wise to hang back a bit. Yeah. Also because I was worried I might overdo it initially if I got excited with faster swimmers around me and then burn out so that was my strategy what was the atmosphere like in the 129 and under group were you kind of chatty and friendly or was it all quite serious no yeah very different experience at the back in that over 145 area oh really (laughs) yeah we were like kids all giggling and like (laughs) look at him Oh, no, no one spoke. To wave start you, they sort of funneled you through, so five lanes, effectively, mm-hmm. with ladies at the end of the lanes who hold their arms out wide so that you cannot pass mm-hmm. until the allotted moment. And they let five people through. I think they said every six seconds, so it was very, yeah. very well organised. Me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And at that beep, the ladies would move their arms and you go forward. I yeah. definitely let the other four people in my group sort of go ahead of me and then I just sort of plopped in. So I'm in the water. Good. How did you get on getting in? So I'm processing along with my new friends and I started to get a bit excited then. I was like, oh, I just want to get in. I just want to get in. So, and everyone else is kind of like 
sort of faffing about. So I just sort of found myself in one of the funnels and I thought, well, I've, I've got a minute here. And then they took me. And then the woman just went, come on, come on, come on. And was looking at me and she held out her hand, grabbed my hand and pulled me through. And you've got, you've got another five or six meters of pontoon before you actually get in the water. So it's not like they grab your hand and throw you in, but she grabbed my hand and, and was sort of walking me through and I wouldn't let go of her hand. <laughs> it's just like, I just felt really affectionate towards her. She gave my hand like a little squeeze, kind of like, okay, off you go now. And I was like, oh, I still don't want to let go. <laughs> anyway, I did eventually let go. She didn't come with me. So then I sort of ran down the pontoon and then stopped at the end. Like, I think you did like a pencil dive, didn't you? Yes, I just sort of jumped as if you're jumping into the pool on your holiday. Like a normal person. Yeah. Whereas I kind of sat down on my bottom, <laughs> shuffled, shuffled along a bit, kind of levered myself off. But there wasn't, it was too far to kind of leave myself off and then be in the water. My feet were still dangling in the air. So I then sort of did this. And then you've got nothing to push against with your feet. So I ended up doing this kind of just ridiculous, like, like imagine a frog, like suddenly losing contact with a rock that it's been clinging to and just, ah! <laughs> that is how I started my Ironman. I, I didn't know that you got down onto your bottom. But then a man appeared in front of me as I was kind of departing the pontoon, just shaking his head going, no, no and climbed back onto the pontoon <gasps> to say but he to be honest his little face because he just looked so sad I don't know what happened but he obviously was just having like a I can't do this moment oh, no. and I don't know if he then got in again but I'm guessing you can't once you've gone his little face got me through quite a lot of it because I just thought that poor guy who just didn't even get to the 100 meter mark so we're in the water and we're off in swimming I would say do you remember Dan Bingham saying to us yes. oh wave starts lovely sorry that's my but dan that's my best impression wave starts lovely you love it you love it it's amazing it's really nice mass start is quite scary right if a if a wave start is lovely <laughs> yeah i never did a mass start i want to experience a mass start because no. it wasn't awful i wouldn't want to scare anyone but you really do need to have you need to be mindful that there will be people around you there will be feet in front of you there will be people trying to weave for open water that kind of gets on your nerves then there's people just who are off course <laughs> so they're weaving mm -hmm. not to find open water they're just weaving because they don't know where they're going there are yeah. people who suddenly stop and do breaststroke there's just a lot going on i've got to say not at the back very chilled out at the back <laughs> oh, we're all yeah. quite nicely spaced out giving each other lots of room i think you had quite a different experience then because very different at the back <laughs> There were people everywhere. Let's get on with this swim then. I loved it. I loved it. I could have swum. I think I could have swum 140.6 miles. <laughs> I do love swimming. Everyone knows that. I paced myself well. I never looked at my Garmin. I had my Garmin and my heart rate monitor on. I didn't want to look at either because I knew I, knew I would... I would know the feeling if I was off track and then I would use it to get back on track. You know, I said I was struggling to smile in the water. I yeah. made myself smile in the water. I was doing, I was, I'm doing an Ironman. So as I said, my prediction was 121. I was going a little bit faster than that, but I'd started with the under 129ers. So I had this sort of lovely, but not, I think, unreasonable or unfair experience of mostly overtaking people. But yeah. I was taking people who were round about my speed. So 
it was just a very nice steady progression but always feeling like I was gaining ground so I don't know if that's so someone's probably going to write in and be like that's really actually against the rules <laughs> <laughs> no I don't think so I think also as women I mean let's just acknowledge this as women there were 133 women who started it and there were 1070 men so I think I just kind of felt like if you want to have a go at me about you know Stop. how I'm swimming or how I'm riding my bike or what I'm doing may I just remind you of the massive testosterone advantage you all have <laughs> so my swim I was once I knew I was on target to comfortably get in within the cutoff I could relax a bit and so I, I genuinely did enjoy the swim okay so I have got out of the lake reluctantly I might add like you said the other day about your training session of getting out of the pool and then knowing the next thing was the Ironman I was like yeah to get on my bike for eight and a half hours <laughs> so did the swim in 119.53 before I go into transition can we just address how amazing your swim was yes thank you I did feel elated when I got out I just looking at the time 142.02 phenomenal so I was hoping to do it in under one hour 50 and, the, and I and for me I so I got out and I was over the moon elated and I was kind of like well that's it that's my Ironman that's it done because the swimming was <laughs> going to be the hardest bit and again, the kind of officials kind of help you out of the water. And I was just kind of, I wanted to like give them all a hug. Cause like, yes, I've done it. I've done it. And I was like, oh, I just got to see the other bits. <laughs> so I ran out of there and then you're into transition, aren't you? I took six minutes, 13 why that was quite nippy wasn't it yeah I planned for 10 minutes I someone told me this and I can't remember if it was you or Nobby it's all a bit of a blur someone told me you were drying your feet for quite a while you're drying between your toes yeah I was <laughs> I just got an image of you like polishing between your, every single toe well I was just like don't rush it now like so I had a hot cross bun I had a full bottle of coke dried between my toes I put my swim hat away nicely, <laughs> I put my wetsuit away. So we're on the bikes. Bonky comes out of transition at 8.18.47am. And I come out of T1 at 8.46 and 45 seconds, having spent 10 minutes drying my toes. It was important. I was glad to have dry toes. Just under 30 minutes ahead of you. So get on the bike. Everything's going well. Although at this point, I start to think Charlotte might have had a point about the fleece because it was overcast and it was warm France in the summer, but it was an overcast day. And at this point, it's only 20 past eight in the morning. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't really warm enough to be in just a wet tri-suit. <laughs> I started to think... I even sent you a cycling jersey and said, wear this. I'm going to get a bit cold. I don't want to waste time, Charlotte. Started off the bike and I just kind of felt really comfortable. I thought, okay, settle in now. I had, as you know, a little printout that was I got from the Facebook group for Ironman Vichy. Massive shout out to those guys because they just gave loads and loads of little tips and tools to get you through the day. So I had this little helpful thing that this guy had made where he just listed the climbs, listed the percentage the gradients, he listed the length of the climb. And he plotted 
the aid stations with a little symbol. So little, oh, helpful. You knew whether it was a banana one coming up or if it was just water. I just had the excitement of surprise. <laughs> oh, look at that. I couldn't deal with the surprise on the bike. I had to know what was going on. Oh, that was the, my little piece of paper with Jack Grealish on as well. And I just had in my head, if I can just keep ticking these off one by one, at some point I'm going to look down and they'll all be ticked off. And that's kind of what happened on my ride. So I just took it really, really steady. Got through the first climb and I went on the first loop. And did you overtake me just at the end of that first loop? I think you did. I found the bike ride quite lonely because I'm used to, whenever I've done triathlons before, I get out of the water pretty much dead last. There are, about, there are literally about 10 and 15 bikes still in the bike park when I got out, out of a thousand. And I was just kind of thinking, right, well, I'll, I'll just start picking people off. And I'll just, you know, but of course, most of them are men behind me. So they just go zooming past. I was like, oh my God, I think I might actually be dead last now. I found it quite tough, like mentally, just to be kind of like, keep going, keep going. And it was that first 45 kilometers, it just took so long and it wasn't even hilly. I mean, it's beautiful. And it was, you know, the roads, I think French roads are absolutely stunning. Because I come at the swim quite well. I had a long period of time that was quite interesting because there were loads of people going past me, mostly men. Mm. It kept me amused for the first loop and the second loop I found really lonely. I have to say, I got through the first loop. I just thought these climbs are easy compared to the Perbex. Yeah, they were. Well, yeah, they relatively, they were. We and the downhills were absolutely... The downhills, I was hitting 55 k's an hour at one point because you know they're closed roads and I knew there weren't that many cyclists around. I could just absolutely fly down them until it started to rain Then I got a bit scared about maybe skidding off the road. So a lovely moment just before you overtook me, almost immediately before you... Did you make it sound like I just flew past you? Yeah. I did stop and hang out for a bit. Oh, no, we'll talk about that in a minute. But just before that, Nobby and Mike and Emma oh, yeah. really kindly and quite spontaneously decided to drive out to the cycle course and catch us on it which we weren't banking on but to see them I said to Nobby who showed me the video today of us going past they mm. see us for three seconds <laughs> <laughs> and they're like oh they're gone uh, I said the effects of that last 20 to 30 minutes yeah definitely oh it was so lovely and then talking talking about it with you but also thinking about it again and kind of going oh yeah they were there and I wonder what they'll do now it keeps me amused for 30 minutes yeah we should say something about the spectators generally because there was there were bits of the course where they were just lining the course as if you're doing the tour de france and just bang cowbells and shouting and yelling and cheering and it was so so lovely really egging us on I cannot thank them enough I would literally not have been able to do it without them I needed mm. those boosts and it would always pick up your name so you got something really personal or they would they loved seeing a woman as well which was lovely so you'd get Allez les and that just yeah cool. as soon as they recognize you're a woman you get an extra and I love that and I do think that's quite because they're peculiar to the French but I don't mean that in a derogatory way I just mean the fact that they they absolutely get it this is harder for women to do and so when they see when they clock that oh here comes somebody and they're like oh it's a woman it goes from being allez 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 to like allez les filles bravo bravo super super courage madame courage allez my biggest worry was that I was gonna when I caught up to you you were gonna be in a bit of a state or it's gonna be something up or you know but you were so positive and so on it and you like you say you know you had your strategy and you stuck to it and it was working for you and so 
I, I actually felt fine about leaving you because I was my intention was to catch you and then cycle with you but you didn't need me to I knew it was gonna happen it was such a boost to see you actually if I'm honest you put me off my schedule I was so busy on the bike every 10 minutes I take three sips of a drink every right. half an hour I have something to eat even if I don't want something to eat if it comes up to the half an hour and I really don't feel like something to eat I have it before the half an hour to ensure I've had the thing to eat that I didn't want. There is so much to do on the bike. Plus, I have my little list of all the things to tick off. I was, it was like... Do you have a pen? Almost. (laughs) 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 It was, it was an admin nightmare. And then you turn up and I'm like, oh, it's my friend. I'm going to talk about what has happened and who we've seen and all the rest of it. I slipped over the half an hour. Oh. For goodness sake, so what happened then was I shoved a trek bar into my face as quickly as I could once I'd remembered, oh, yeah. just at the point where the professional photographer was and probably the only opportunity we were going to have all day of possibly getting a photo together. Yeah, Me you ruined it. was full of trek bar. Right, so now you're ahead of the game. Yes, I don't remember too much about it apart from it being, apart from getting to 180 kilometres and it saying, just to somebody on the streets just going, just two kilometres to go and going, no, what? No. And yeah, of course it was. Because I'd seen 182 a few times, but I'd, I thought, yeah. oh, maybe somebody's just added the two kilometers up that you go up <laughs> the elevation to the total 180. So I was a bit disappointed with that. And, I, and then it's, it was a bit windy through the streets of Vichy to get back to T2, but that was, it was all fine. It was like riding to the shops, wasn't it? But with that- yeah, it was like, and then left and then all oh, back. <laughs> right again and straight on the left again and by the time I I was going through probably in the last sort of hundred or few riders I think the the volunteers were great there's no criticism of them at all but I think some of them were kind of losing interest a little bit yeah (laughs) got into saw Mike and Emma and Nobby on the bridge they gave me a massive cheer and then I, (laughs) I got into I was just coming into T2 and I was so pleased with myself and I started to head towards the end of the run course <laughs> and this man literally grabbed my arm and yanked me back into onto the right side of the barriers and went you see madame you see I was like oh right okay and it wasn't it honestly wasn't the organization it wasn't the man it wasn't the barriers it was totally me just I don't know what I was trying to do I was trying to like go through the tiniest gap in the barriers to get into the arena quick so then went into t2 dropped off my bike put on my running shoes and set off so at this point let's just do a time check then because what we're right. here is made up quite a lot of time oh okay so i got off the bike at 4 39 yes you did i got off the bike at 4 51 p.m with 56 seconds yeah 451 p.m. you're nearly 20 20 minutes behind me now yes so you've made up that half an hour and you've added 20 minutes so that is some good going thank you very much so how long did the bike take you in total eight hours 33 so i was 7 55 so this is great so charlotte's going great she gets into t2 there's not really a lot to say about t2 no. Except I had a loose stop, if that's of interest to anybody. I had lots of loose stops. I'm not going to talk about them. I think it's worth just a very brief mention of the toilet, just because I'd like to say that I held it for the entire bike ride. <laughs> oh, well done. If that was wise. Didn't go once in eight hours and 30 whatever minutes. 
moving on. So you started your run, Charlotte. How were you feeling? So I set off feeling all right, but feeling a little bit apprehensive about this is a marathon. And I don't have, I haven't even got any sweets with me. I've just literally got what I can pick up at the station. It's all a bit of a blur, but I think I'd put into my tri top, which had two little pockets in it. I'd put two noon tablets in a little plastic bag. I got a lip balm. Anyway, so it's, oh no, the mints, you know, the free mints that you got at the hotel. Yeah. I packed them as a last minute thing. Cause I thought oh, I might want something. I want, might want a breath freshener on the way around. They were nice, those mints. They were, they were quite chalky. Nobby was a fan. I just thought, well, I'll just sip at the Coca-Cola that we get given and I'll have water. And I didn't want to try any of the energy drinks because I thought I'm not used to having them and I didn't want to eat any more food. I was just so sick of bananas and Mm -hmm. sweet energy drinks and sweet energy food. And I just didn't, I couldn't, I couldn't fathom eating anything more. And that was my big error. So I set off quite fast on the run. It's feeling quite good. Decided not to look at my watch because I thought when I look at my watch, it'll tell me that I'm not going as fast as I want to be going. And then I'll speed up and it will just be a mess. So I'll just go at what feels like a comfortable pace and just stick with that. Anyway, lap two, that strategy was still just about working for me. And lap you were three. doing some because Nobby had a WhatsApp group with a lot of people who listen to this, but also some other friends and family. Oh, just the support has been immense in that respect. So just a shout out to all of them. I was absolutely I was crying with laughter and emotion mm. everything reading all those messages it was just so lovely people would I think because it was a Sunday as well we were probably a little bit bored and like oh let's watch what Shara and Grace are up to yeah. and they said you were absolutely pounding it in that first lap and they were like wow I didn't feel like it was I felt like I was trundling along at a snail's pace but apparently I was going looking at my stats now I was going quite fast for me especially at the end of quite a long day yeah, lap three was when it really kicked in. And I started, I think I started hallucinating a little bit. I started to think, if I just shut one of my eyes <laughs> for a little bit. And I just, I I had a little sleep whilst I was running and I had that kind of like my knee went. And I was like, oh God, no, I need to, no, keep your eyes open, Charlotte. Definitely keep your eyes open. When I saw you, you were delirious. Was I? <laughs> well, at first I thought she is so pleased to see me. I was. I said, it's my buddy. Yeah, you did. And oh, that's good then. Because then as you ran off, I thought... I was busy. You bonking. And I... <laughs> you <threw your> arms <laughs> no, I was. There. You threw them round me. You'd have been on lap three. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think so. I and think I so. Said, Is this your last lap? Assuming it was. I assumed you just absolutely nailed the run and you went... Matched it, yeah. No! How could another one to do? <laughs> <laughs> And I went, oh, same. And that's when it started to occur to me that actually, because of the way I'd seen you on this loop, she, I thought she's not that far ahead of me. It didn't, mm. absolutely. And I'm, this is no word of a lie. I just wouldn't lie about this, I would tell you. But I, it genuinely didn't make me think, if I speed up, I, because as you know, being a zone two. You stuck to your pace all the way around. <laughs> nothing was taking me out of zone two. <laughs> Um, well nothing took me into zone two according to my watch i was on i was in zone one for most of it dead for some of the rest of it i don't think it even registered the heart rate can we just discuss the pros and cons of running through the finishing shoot oh yeah yeah yeah. so you go into the arena for i mean you pretty much you, you pretty much go into transition two, run out of it within 
less than a kilometer, you're in the arena where everyone else is celebrating. Well, not everyone else, but where all the crowds are cheering and yelling for the you are an Iron Man bit. But you have to go in it and it's like an airport queue. You do a kind of ziggy zaggy sort of idiots bit. Like this is not my final lap. I've still got four to go. Wait, so you get to experience the like you are an Iron Man thing, but then you come back out again going, no, yeah, I'm not. Go yeah. back out through the crowds of people who are also lining that bit, who'd been saying, yeah, go Charlotte. And you're like, oh, Charlotte again. <laughs> <laughs> so on the third lap when you do that, mm-hmm. that's probably the worst because, or it was for me, because then a real sort of glut of people were finishing. So mm-hmm. they were sprinting through and people go, oh, hey, Siphony, Siphony, the Daniel, what do they call it? The Daniel Tour? The last yeah, Tour. Daniel Tour. And, and they go, Siphony, and you go, no. <laughs> and they go, oh. <laughs> 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 and nevertheless, the crowds I found still gave me a boost. It gave me something oh, to massively. think about. And my, I would just look at my watch and instantly I'm, 20 seconds per K up. So that was yeah. great. But straight after that was three kilometers of nothing. It was beautiful. It was so serene by the lake. It was absolutely stunning, picturesque. I got to but... see the sunset and I got to see the moon come up. <laughs> I nearly got to see the next day. <laughs> but you come out of that absolute yeah. sort of hysteria and that kind of euphoria into... 3k of nothing and you know you've still got set about seven to do until you can mm. finally finish and so at that point I saw you well I saw you as I was like going into the stadium and you were coming out and you went I'm spent <laughs> <laughs> and you done went, I've got nothing left I'm gonna walk it was like, <laughs> it was like meeting someone in a bar when they've gone, I did feel drunk they've gone out couple of hours before you and you've joined them because you've been at some other do and you've come along and you've gone hi hi and they've gone hello <laughs> <laughs> has a bit to drink yeah and my problem was i hadn't had enough to drink that was my problem <laughs> said, i'm gonna walk catch me up <laughs> <laughs> I, I think what i said was let's walk together <laughs> but you weren't up for that did you i didn't i yeah something catch me up and we'll walk together Something psychologically, I didn't hear that. <laughs> I had not, I mean, I barely moved a second either side of my designated pace at this point for about 30 kilometres. I was just... I ranged from 6.30 to 12.30. <laughs> was my rate. But can we talk about, I mean, so many people walking, walk-run strategy. Oh, yeah, yeah. was an absolute, I mean, it was a strategy for at least half of the people, I would say. I'm not sure it was a strategy. I think it was a strategy enforced upon some of us. <laughs> I don't know. No, I think a lot of people did who'd done it before knew that that's what they were going to do. There was a, a lot of walk, walk running going on, so nothing to be ashamed of. And like Dan said, he'd done it before, and it's it's part of the process. Have you seen that Larson card where there's cows in a field and they're standing up on their back legs, and then one of them goes car. They, the idea being that when humans see them, they should always be on four legs, but when <laughs> we're not around. So that was my strategy. It wasn't a run walk strategy. It was a, if people can see me, I'll run. <laughs> if they can't see me, I'll walk. 
until it got too much then I was just like I, I can't walk I can't I won't go into too many details but I just felt so rough it was like I suddenly went from being drunk to having the worst hangover of my life I mean even the people at the, the stations are saying have an energy drink have an energy drink and I was just like no I don't I've not tried it before you shouldn't try something for the first time on an iron man and I think what they would have said to me if I had managed to say that was you're being an idiot you've got 20 kilometers to go you need to have some energy something yeah eventually I did just start drinking the Gatorade so we won't dwell on it but I then knew you about 100 meters in front of me because Emma had joined me at this point and told me and she said okay. you you need to know Charlotte's 100 meters in front of you and I think she was saying you need to decide <laughs> yeah what you're gonna do yeah whether you're gonna stay with her or go on and I saw you and, I, and so we we were running mm. and I said we're here to pick you up <laughs> <laughs> and you went no save <laughs> <Save> yourself <laughs> I, mean, I was like Leonardo DiCaprio on the Titanic just drifting <laughs> away I was very much this this door is mine <laughs> <laughs> there's no room for two no I yeah. I know I think what really helped actually was Emma being there because she then said you go, Mike is waiting for you at another point. So he will spur you on for the last bit. And I mm. can stay with Charlotte and give her some encouragement. So it, that was a really lovely. Yeah, bless her. She said, do you want to run? Should, should we try running? I went, no, no, no I don't want to do that. No, I'm just going to walk. Let's not pretend I whizzed by you. Like, you know, bye, love you. It was more like, you know, when you're in, in the underground or at an airport and you've got the, the walking <laughs> but yeah. and if you're walking on it you go a bit like you know a you're going a tiny bit faster than the people who are standing mm. on it that was it was more like that really yeah so I just sort of slowly edged past you and then kind of I felt for you but I also knew you were going to make it so I didn't worry because I knew you felt terrible but you had time if you if you walked the whole of the last lap you oh, I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna cut off although I did nearly get lost because it did get quite dark and yeah. I couldn't find I went off course I'm still a bit worried that I didn't go through one of the checkpoints because <laughs> I couldn't find it like <laughs> stumbling around on my hands and knees going where is it where beep oh there it is <laughs> I went off course in the really really dark bit Mike thinks that my brain was kicking in going or my subconscious was kicking in saying the end is that way because you can hear mm. the shouts of Iron Man and because I was at the time going the opposite direction, my brain was just going, get, no, no, just go. Yeah. <laughs> that now, like quickest route. Mm. So I just randomly took this shortcut and then the emergency services, in fact, went, madame, madame. And I went, oh, yep, okay. <laughs> went back on. <laughs> well, I had an interesting conversation with myself at one point where I was going, I'm sure it's 32. I'm sure, yeah, it's 26 miles, which is 32 kilometres. That must be right. And then looking at my watch going, oh, that's good because I've done 31. So I haven't got too far to go now. Should be, oh, hold on a minute. <laughs> and, I was, and I was going, no, it's 42, Charlotte. So I'm coming in now to the last half a lap, about 6K. Mike at this point is encouraging me. He was absolutely obsessed with, he'd worked out how fast he should run to help me run. Aww. Day on time. yeah he'd done all the maths he was absolutely phenomenal I was very much as people have called me say like Maggie Thatcher I, I the lady <laughs> was not no. running I said Mike I'm just tipping into zone three there can we put it back I got a little bit excited at 4k because I thought 
I don't ever go for a 4K run anymore because 4K mm. is too short. Yeah. So that made me kind of chuckle with glee, like, ha-ha, 4K? <laughs> I laughed in the face of 4K. <laughs> and then finally got to the bridge, which is about 2K to go, and then and then let myself sprint into the finish and completely missed Mike, Emma, and Nobby's hands in the <laughs> shoot. <laughs> You, what was funny is from the video, you slapped everybody else's hand as you <laughs> high-fived everybody else, and then not Nobby. Poor Nobby just went, I've waited all day for that. They waited a total of, so my final finishing time was 15 hours, 39 and 5 seconds. They had waited to see me complete my Ironman, and I ignored them. Aww. Dogs in the street. <laughs> well, I did a 6-hour, 2-minute, 41-second marathon, mm-hmm. which is approximately one hour and 40 minutes longer than it took me in 2009. Well, let's be fair. You had done a few things before that. I'd done a few other stuff. And I finished in 1550.03. Brava. Happy with that. I was dead chuffed. And I was dead chuffed that we both came in under 16 hours because then I feel like you're not just scraping it. I feel like you're legitimately in the t-shirt zone. Are you glad you did it? (laughs) it's too big a question i'm glad for all the things that went with it the training and all the health and mental health benefits that go with exercise learning to swim which i never would have done had i not signed up for this the experience of it i'm glad i got it done by hook or by crook i got it done i haven't really sorted out all my thoughts about it yet it sounds stupid I should just be able to say yeah of course I'm glad I did it but I I'm overthinking it and I'm not sure no, I can I think I think it's really fair to say that I think it's good for people to know the reality of it because I think one of the things is is having the time they all they always said that when we were looking into training for it at the beginning it said you need to you need to have space in your life you need to be able to tell family and friends that you're doing this thing and that you might not always be available for social stuff you might not always in the be in the best of moods you might have to leave things early you might not be able to have a drink you know and you do have to do those things and you have to I was in a really fortunate position to be able to do that we'd had the pandemic (laughs) I would have struggled without the pandemic because I'd have been working more if you can't treat it like doing a part-time course or you know like a second job yeah then I don't think you have time to enjoy it. You, you might do it, like you, you're athletic, yeah. you will do it, but you won't enjoy the experience in the way that I did. I could give myself to it fully. And also knowing that I was pretty confident, I just wanted to call myself an Ironman. Yeah. I wanted to say I'd done it once. I, I don't, I'm not good enough at cycling to enjoy doing it again and again and again, because cycling is such yeah. a big part of it. So I always thought I'd probably only do it once, get it out of the way, it would be something I've I am very much like that with my achievements and hobbies. I just tick them off and I kind of go, yeah, done that. It's almost so I can say to myself and to other people, yeah, did it. And I don't think I need to do it again. I think we probably got out of it what we put into it. And I think you massively invested in it emotionally, physically, time, you know, the amount of research you did into it, the amount of kind of preparation and strategy and all that planning and stuff. I can only compare it to changing career and studying law and becoming a barrister that that I committed and invested in so so much so that when I got tenancy at the chambers that took me on I was 
elated over the moon, like out of this world feeling because I had invested so much of myself in it. Whereas I just feel like I, I could only commit so much of myself to this. So when I f- crossed the line, that's, that was the return that I got on it, I think. You just didn't have that time available to you. And, and that's, you know, in, main, in some ways, is that more of an achievement then? Because you still managed to bomb out there on a train. And <laughs> we did it. We did it. And yes. And can we just say the stat that I looked up today? I think not less than 0.01% of the population at any given time has done an Ironman. And only 20% on average of participants are women. In our race, it in our race, even less, even less, more like ten percent. So I am pretty proud of myself, and also it was. I also let's not forget that it kind of was my dream. I asked you to come with me because I knew that you would give me some much needed experience, wisdom, guidance, motivation. A lot of the things that you sort of said, you touched on earlier. You know, you'd done the prep around that. You'd done that. You'd switched over. You mm. became the one leading, because at times until very very recently I didn't know if you were going to be there so in a yeah, way true. I actually had to prepare like that thinking yeah. I might not be there on the day what do I do then but I think maybe testament to our friendship and also the development of our friendship is the fact that at the end we had sort of a similar conversation now I was talking 19 to the dozen everything was positive my whole experience the whole day was positive I'd achieved my dream. Oh my goodness! Over the moon. This and that, and then this guy came up to me. And I was talking like that for about forty-five minutes to an hour while we headed back to the hotel with our supporters. And you were being honest and true to yourself. And I can't it- remember what I said. I was talking to Nobby. I can't remember what I said. Poor, poor boy had to listen to so much rubbish. Well, I'm going to say that your experience of it, your reaction to it, absolutely didn't detract from okay, mine. Good. I, I understood what you were saying. I felt for everything you were saying. And I hope the same for you. I hope that me going, no, God, if you'd, if you'd, if you'd crossed the line miserable, I'd have been like, oh, for goodness sake, Grace, why did we do this then? <laughs> Your joy was wonderful. I, I thoroughly enjoyed you being cheerful and you being healthy and safe and well and all the rest of it. I was, that was like, okay, good. I can bank that. Now I can get on with feeling yeah. grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> So just to finish this off then for, for everyone listening, thank you so, 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 so much for your support. I have tried to cover off all the individuals I need to thank and all the organisations I want to thank in my Instagram post. So I'm not going to go over that again, but suffice to say it was a dream of mine. I am over the moon to be an Ironman. Charlotte's experience is slightly different because she came along with me for the ride to get me through it in a way. So... Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening because I've really enjoyed doing the podcast. That's been really And thank you to Redmond Bacon as well for putting our podcast together and producing them for us. And if anybody wants his details, if they're interested in doing a podcast, can't recommend him highly enough. So do ask us and we'll send you on his details. Or I'm sure if you just Google Redmond Bacon, you can probably find him. Yeah, he's been fab and really flexible around some of our episodes which towards the end were a little bit erratic in terms of timing and content we do actually have tentative plans to return in some form but we will take- we'll try something else and we'll definitely give it some oomph so we'll keep yeah. the we'll keep the name we, but we're going to take a little break for a while you need it 
we need it. I need to reassess my life. <laughs> we'll figure it out, but we'll probably still be contactable via Instagram. And well, we'll still have our email, which is triumphpodcast at gmail.com. So that's it. Well done, Grace. Bravissima, Charlotte. All right, love you. Love you too.